And the Aces a win away from back-to-back championships with the Liberty. Look to defend home court as the 2023 WNBA Finals presented by YouTube TV continue this Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC. To the association we go, LeBron has been prepping for season number 21 like a rookie, according to Lakers GM Rob Palenka, which is music to Laker Nation's ears as they try to win banner number 18 in franchise history, coming to the season, which tips off in less than two weeks. Let's go, Shannon. ESPN asked an expert panel to vote on the best players for the upcoming season. Checking in at the top spot, Giannis Antetokounmpo, followed by reigning finals MVP Nikola Jokic and reigning regular season MVP Joel Embiid. The Lakers with LeBron and AD were the only team to produce multiple top 10 players. Marinate a second. Okay, Shannon, is this uh, the last year LeBron will be considered a top 10 player in the NBA? No, but the mere fact that he in year 21, he's still considered the top 10 player because we remember as Kobe got into year 17, 18, and 19, 20, is that he was in the 30s and 40s and said people didn't know what they were talking about. But I do not believe because his mind is still sharp. He still wants to be great. He's still willing to put the time in to be great. I think he's going to be a top 10 player next year if he decides to come back. No, this is not the last year LeBron James will be considered a top 10 player. Okay. Uh, about last night, we'll keep it moving, guys. The Chiefs beat the Broncos for the 16th consecutive time on Thursday night while winning their fifth straight game and moving to an AFC best 5-1. and one. But much of the talk in their locker room after their 19-8 victory was about its uninspiring manner. Patrick, talk to me. I thought we did a lot of good things. Um, just obviously red zone, some third downs. We just didn't execute at a high enough level. I still think there was a lot of good things we can take from it. Luckily for us, our defense is playing playing great. Our defense was incredible tonight, uh, as they have been. We've got to take care of business in the red zone. Had a lot of yards, positive yards, but you can't stall down there. We strive for something better than what we're doing right now. Caesar Sportsbook still has the Chiefs as the favorites to win the conference with the Dolphins and Bills just behind them. Kansas City has, of course, hosted the AFC title game in every season with Patrick Mahomes as the starter. Fresh hour. Look who's here. Chris hey joining me. I'm not solo. I have a friend. I'm on matcha number two, so really ready to go for this. Well, I'm on hour. coffee number three, so we're right there with what you. What time did you start the today? The Four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock But in the what morning. did I say uh, about getting up early? The first person in the building, hard to fire that guy. Hard yeah, to yeah, get yeah. rid of him. Hard yeah. to get rid of him. Because <laughs> he, he's fooling people. He think he's he cutting on the lights. He's taking out the trash, and he's done none of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shannon, are the Chiefs still the team to beat in the AFC? No, if you ask me right now, I'm going to have to take the Miami Dolphins. They're number one in rushing, they're number one in red zone, number one in points scored. That's a very dangerous team. Now, their defense is not quite, I think the defense is probably like middle of the pack, but they put so much pressure on you offensively is that it forces your offense to sometimes take unnecessary risks, and that means you have to put the ball in harm's way. Because they have receivers, all three of their receivers, from Barrios to Tyreek Hill to Jalen Waddle, Mostert, even though A-Chan is out, for, he's on the IR, they got five to six guys that every time they touch the ball, they're a legit threat to hit their head on the goalpost. And very few teams have ever possessed that type of firepower in the history of the game, let alone on one team on, in one season. So for me, 
I'm going to say it's the Miami Dolphins, given what I've seen thus far. Uh, the, the, the Chiefs offense, like RC said earlier, they are a victim, they are a prisoner of their own previous success. And that's the standard that we hold them to. That's just like with great players. We don't measure great players against other great players. We measure them against a younger version of themselves. And so that's what the Chiefs are up against. But what I've seen thus far, I would take the Dolphins. I got to push back on that one. Uh, a good indicator for future performance is past performance. And Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes always finish the season in the AFC Championship game at a minimum. And the reason why I buy into this team is because the Chiefs offensively ain't playing their best football. We saw it last night. One of five in the red zone, third down percentage. They're just not getting it done, and yet they still find ways to win. Pat Mahomes was a perfect nine for nine, targeting Travis Kelsey for 124 yards. They were able to move the ball in between the 20s and come up with enough scoring opportunities to best the Denver Broncos. But the reason why I'm bullish on Kansas City more so than Miami is because that Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to give that offense an opportunity to workshop it and figure it out. You're talking about a defense that's top five in yards and points, a defense that's led by my former coach, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola, and he's got to play it at an all-time level. These guys are talking about top ten on third downs and red zone, but against the blitzes where they're special. When the Kansas City Chiefs blitz, look out. They have the fifth best QBR. They are first when it comes to yards per attempt, and they are first when it comes to sacks. They can put pressure on the opposing quarterback with George Karloftis and Chris Jones, and they can bring guys on the, from the second and on from the third levels. And so to me, this defense is going to give this offense time with the young receivers to establish that rapport with Pat Mahomes and, and, and get acclimated to the offense. That's why I believe in the Kansas City Chiefs more so than the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins offense is legit. They, they are a historic offense, no doubt about it. But when you look at the question marks on those teams, defense for the Miami Dolphins, right now the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs, I trust Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure their side of the ball out more so than Vic Fangio with the Miami Dolphins defense. RC, one thing before you go, RC. The Miami you Dolphins. Do, RC, okay, yeah. one thing before you go. You do know they're getting Jay Ram back. Jalen Rams is going to come back and be opposite of Howard. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, RC. Take off. Yeah, listen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, you're right. Like, defensively, we expected Vic Fangio and the Miami Dolphins to be a little further along right now. But when you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey opposite Xavier Howard, now you have dudes who have two different skill sets but have both been at the top of the corner position for years. And so I agree with that. But the Miami Dolphins have only been in two fist fights this entire season. They were in a fist fight week one with the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Los Angeles Chargers lost it late with the ball in their hands with two minutes to go. But that's what Brandon Staley does. That was the day that we saw Tua Tungvaloa and we said, okay, the offseason jiu-jitsu must have had some more to do with the way he was playing. He was showing the ball or the, or the drill, stepping up into the pocket, throwing it to Tyreek Hill in the offseason and we saw those things in game time. So we say, okay, this offense is different. Tua Tungvaloa is different. And now you fast forward to the Buffalo Bills and they got punched in the face again. And this time when they got punched in the face, it wasn't the Mike Tyson that we saw early on in his career. It was the Mike Tyson we saw against Buster Douglas. And they stumbled a little bit and they fell. And I felt like a little bit of the shine and the luster that we saw about Tua Tungvaloa and its offense being unstoppable, we kind of had to scale back on that. Now, will they score points? Absolutely. But what's going to happen when you're standing at Arrowhead and Patrick Mahomes is on the other side? And they start to figure it out with Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony. They figure out way more ways to get the football in his hands. Justin Watson still taking the top off of the defense if he's still healthy. And obviously, Travis Kelsey doing what he does. The more 
more Isaiah Pacheco begins to get involved in this offense, to me, the better they are. And that's all the football stuff. Now let's take all of that away. When we seen these dudes lose, when have these dudes had problems getting to the AFC Championship? When have we expected Patrick Mahomes to play well, expected Patrick Mahomes to show up, and he hasn't? When has Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes not been the most impressive head coach, quarterback duo on the field when it counts? You look at the second half of the Cincinnati Bengals AFC Championship two years ago, I got to give that to you. You look at the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when both of our tackles are hurt, I got to give that to you. But after that, there is no other time. And so when I look at this team, you're going to have to prove it to me. You're going to have to prove it to me that when you step up against the Chicago Bulls of the 90s, that you are a better team, that you are more equipped to take the ring away from the GOAT than they are to continue to hold on to it. And right now, Kansas City, with what Chris says about their defense, with my belief in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, are still the team to beat to me because when it gets in those tense moments in the playoffs, somebody going to tighten up, and I know it ain't going to be them. You know what? I would agree with you guys if the Miami Dolphins couldn't run the ball as well as they could because now you go to Arrowhead, yeah. and let's just say for the sake of argument, you're in Arrowhead in January. It could be snow, it could be 20 below, the wind could be blustery. But they could turn around and pan the ball off to, to Devon Achan, and guess what? He's going to A to hit his head. Mostert, who, who have 22 mile per hour, <laughs> he can hit his head <laughs> on the goalpost. So because they can run the ball so effectively, now, I think we get this matchup later in the season. I think Miami travels to Arrowhead. So we're going to get a yeah. good indication of what we could potentially see in the playoffs earlier in the year. So I'm excited to see this, but this is going to be a shootout. But Kansas City's defense hasn't faced an offense quite like this. No, they haven't. But when you're talking about the Miami Dolphins offense facing a defense that was top five in yards and points in the Buffalo Bills, it didn't go so well for them. And it wasn't complicated what Buffalo did. They said, we're going to take two high safeties and we're not going to let you get over the top. Yeah. And we're going to be able to stop the run with our front seven okay. and then okay. make sure that our underneath coverage guys can match up on those in-breaking routes and take away early reads in Tua's progression. You did that, Tua was forced to go to number two, number three, and they struggled. It gave their pass rush yep. time to affect the passer. That's what the Kansas City Chiefs defense is capable of doing under Steve Spagnuolo. When you look at Chris Jones and Derek Nandi, those dudes up front, they have what it takes to be able to stop the run in a seven-man box or in a light box. It's what's the next progression for this Miami Dolphins offense once you take away the fastball that is Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle over the top. It's going to be interesting to see in week nine when they match up in Arrowhead. No, well, it, no, no, they're actually, they play in Germany. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it is not, yeah. not going to be Oktoberfest, so there won't be no Wiener Schnitzel <laughs> and no Bratwurst going on. So guys are going to be able to go be at their full at their full capacity, guys. Hey, so I'm Shane. anxious to see this matchup. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, Shane. I, I agree with you that Miami can run more bodies at you than Brittany Renner on a good day. But what the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs have done defensively, the way that they the way that they've made teams yards and continually giving Patrick Mahomes opportunities this year is something we haven't seen from the Kansas City Chiefs during Patrick Mahomes' tenure, and they're allowing this offense to find their way. And when they do, I think this is going to be another team that we're looking at that can end up in the Super Bowl with the rings on their fingers.
Bengals. Now, I will say this. The one offensive team that they played, they lost, but they were without Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a difference maker. I believe he's the best yeah. DT in football currently playing right now. So they didn't have him the first game against they played the Lions, and we saw the Lions and have some success. they only gave up 14, though, Shane. Yeah. Shannon, they only gave up 14 points as a defense that night as well, yep. though we cannot overlook that. But if not for the Brian Branch pick six, that's a different game. But think about this. Aren't you concerned? Because at home, you got you scored 13 and you scored 19. Aren't you having a little concern offensively about Kansas City? Because that I mean, only five times in 51 games have they scored under 20. And they've done that twice this year. Twice not, this year. not concerned in the least bit. I mean, when we're talking about a short week against the division opponent, like, all they had to do was check the box. And we knew that that was going to be the approach. It wasn't their cleanest game in terms of execution, but they'll figure it out. That, that's the benefit of the doubt that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes have earned. Now, when we look at these two teams and we talk about being the team to beat, first of all, before you even talk about matching up in the playoffs, you got to get to the playoffs and be able to win the division. <laughs> the Listen, listen, let me tell you something. The Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West, that is a low bar to clear in comparison to the Miami <laughs> Dolphins winning the AFC East yeah. where you have another team like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Chiefs are second in scoring defense behind only the Niners. Real quick before we roll, you guys, how much of a factor is it when we see this matchup, RCL kick it to you first, that it's going to be played overseas in Germany? I think it's important. I think it's difficult to win in Miami, especially when heat and humidity can carry over into November. And Arrowhead is the toughest place I've ever played in the NFL. Now on a neutral surface, I believe that helps the Kansas City Chiefs because who've played on more neutral surfaces in Super Bowls than the Kansas City Chiefs have the last three to five years? Mm -hmm. I agree. It all depends on what type of surface it is because, you know, the Miami Dolphins wants a very fast surface. It's going to be grass. Those guys will plant, cut. And when you got guys that can run very fast and you got a, a Mike McDaniel that can scheme you up, whoo, yeah. I expect a lot of points to be scored. Yeah, I mean, Arrowhead, the toughest place you played too? Arrowhead is the loudest place I've played in the National Football League. But I'll say this, it's new learning for the Miami Dolphins under Mike McDaniel being able to play in that international series game. If yes. you haven't done it, it's going to be an adjustment. Players, body clocks, even understanding how to organize the schedule for your players so they get the most rest. So I think that's advantage Kansas City Chiefs in this instance. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Quick take, Zach Wilson has looked better as of late for the Jets. Chris Canty, here's what I need you to tell me. Have you seen enough from Wilson to be the starter until Rodgers returns? No. I haven't, but if Zach Wilson goes out there and gives this team a chance in, uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles when they roll into MetLife this Sunday, then I might be able to buy into him being the guy until Aaron Rodgers gets back. All right, fair enough. Let's keep it rolling here, guys. Staying in the AFC in Week 5, where the Bills took on the Jags in London, a storyline that came out was frustration from star receiver Stephon Diggs on the sideline. We saw it during that Bills loss. You see it on the tape right there. Buffalo's quarterback Josh Allen defended his teammate, saying that he's tired of hearing all the nonsense, and Diggs definitely appreciated his QB having his back. Diggs responded, saying, quote, Obviously, I'm thankful to have a quarterback who has my back, someone who understands, someone who's out there, somebody who plays the game of football. I don't like bringing other people in it, but you see the same maybe from other players at one point, and it draws different conclusions. It's easy to piggyback or kind of say X, Y, Z about me, but up to this point, I have been nothing but a leader. All right, Shannon, you are a passionate player during your Hall of Fame career. That's fair, right? To characterize yes. you as passionate. Okay, there yes. we go. Do you have any issue with Diggs' sideline behavior? I do. Because he keeps saying his quarterback has his back. Because here's the thing. He said, I'm tired of people asking about it. Why? Well, so why do you keep doing it? This comes off your cryptic tweet that you had last year when you lost in the playoffs. So Gabe Davis. So what if Gabe Davis is slamming his tablet? And Dawson Knox is slamming his tablet? And everybody's slamming their tablet because they're not getting the ball. Then what? Stephon Diggs. Other guys are out at practice, meeting, practicing just as hard as you are. What makes you think... I do believe that Stephon Diggs wants to win, but Stephon Diggs wants to win with his numbers. That's what Stephon Diggs wants. I, I, I don't, I, and I've never liked anybody. I don't care if it was Tom Brady, I called it out. When it was T.O., I called it out. I don't like that type of behavior because you're showing up your quarterback. And I believe that whatever problems that we might have, I can wait until I get into the locker room. I'm like, bro, you need to get me that. Hey, hey, I was open on this, I did this. But to show up in front of 80,000 in, in attendance and the millions of people that's watching on television, that is unacceptable behavior. And Stephon, what my, I, I, I kind of played the game. And uh, I was okay, too. So, no, I don't agree with that behavior, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm not taking anything I'm, away from you because you, you got a gold you jacket. Were... <laughs> Keep going, Canty. Yeah, you I'm were not taking anything okay. away from you because you got a gold jacket. But I'll say this. When the player produces to the level of Stephon Diggs, you get a little more runway from your coaches and from the guys on the sideline, your teammates. Guys understand the frustration. It's the heat of battle. And they know in order to get to where they want to go, they're going to need number 14. And they're going to have to make sure that they get the things that keep coming up 
as impediments to them getting to the championship rounds get cleaned up. And what we saw in London was just an extension of what we saw against the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round when they had home field advantage. Not getting targeted as often as he needs to, not having a chance to impact the game as often as he needs to, and being on the losing side of those outcomes. They've got to figure out a way to get those turnovers cleaned up at the most inopportune times. But Stephon Diggs is an absolute baller since he got to Buffalo. He's top five in receiving yards and touchdowns. So, again, when you have a player that's this talented that can impact winning the way that he does, guys are going to give you a little more forgiveness, a little more runway when it comes to your emotional outburst. R.C.? Bruh, I am so tired of us watching Stefan Diggs post-play reactions like we watching Taylor Swift. Like, that's not what it is. That, 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 that's not where it's at. We care about these things more than we care about production. And I disagree with you on this one, Shannon. It's not about his production. Stefan Diggs had eight for 121 and a touchdown. He doesn't behave this way when they win, even if he's not getting the football. This is a dude that wants to win games, and it's always been about winning games. When he stood on the field after the Kansas City Chiefs beat him in the AFC, he stood on the field because he wanted to be back there. When he was upset because they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals last year in the divisional round, it was because they lost. It was because my production or my lack of production led to an L. Stephon Diggs been going crazy all year. There's only one game that he doesn't have over 100 yards. He starts the season with 10 catches against the New York Jets. He's not on the sidelines showing his quarterback up. He pissed off. They're not winning. And, like, that's what you want, and you understand those sorts of guys because if you listen to him mic'd up against the Miami Dolphins, there is no bigger cheerleader that game than Josh Allen, for, for Josh Allen than Stephon Diggs. Then Stephon Diggs talking about how big of a playmaker he is. Then Stephon Diggs saying hat trick and Josh Allen throwing his hat in the air. That's their relationship. But when he was upset, What's the difference between those two interactions? The interaction in Miami, when he's, when he's big upping Josh Allen, is between him and Josh Allen. He and right. Josh Allen are having a conversation. He yes. is rooting on his quarterback. When yes. he was imploding in London, he was by himself. It wasn't RC. about nobody else but him. The man threw the tablet. So let me ask you a question, and then we showed the highlights. So what if Josh Allen went to him? And like, bro. And every time you go up, bro. And he did it, against like, bro. Now, we're going to be looking some type of way at Josh Allen to my bro. Why are you showing up your receiver? Well, you didn't have a problem showing me up. Why, do, why does it look? Everybody, I, not there, I shouldn't say everybody. A large contingent of the players want to win. But just because we're not winning, they've only lost two games, RC. You met me. You make it seem like they're over. But yeah. they only lost two games. And like you said, he's played yeah. well every game. Josh Allen is not going to make every throw that Stephon Diggs get open. He's not. So it's just unrealistic for him to believe that every time he's open, Josh Allen is going to find him. What about Gabe Davis? Is he not open? If Dawson Knox not open? So, so, so uh, under his, by his standard and what he's thinking in his head, Stephon Diggs should get every throw. If he's open, throw me the ball. What about Gabe Davis when he's open? Unk, how, how, we, know it's about the, how we know it's about the ball, though, Unk? Like if what? he has eight, if he has eight touches, more attempts than that. If he got one twenty, if he what got you a touchdown, it about? how what do you know it's about? simply about not getting the ball? Okay, tell me what you think. I don't know what it's about. I truly don't. So why would you slam the tablet down? Why would RC? Why would RC? If you look at it, 
Yeah, go ahead. If I slam the tablet, tablet down, Unk, it's because as a team, we I played defense. It's as a team, we didn't do something we were supposed to do, or I didn't do something we were supposed to do, or we aren't fitting up the right way, or we're not communicating on the back end so we're tied in. And it could have been that he was open and that he felt like he should have gotten the ball. And in getting the ball, he could have scored. It could have been that they threw the ball out to Shakur and he had one-on-one with Darius Williams and Darius Williams got him on the ground. Or it could be the play where you go deep to Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen underthrows it. I, it could be all of these things. But it's okay <laughs> to be frustrated. It's okay to deal with those things with yourself. Now, if he gets in Josh Allen's face and he's pointing at if – he, if he does Josh Allen the way that Brian Dayball does Daniel Jones on Monday night, then I get you. That's an issue. That's an issue. But if I'll, he's just dealing with himself, if he's just upset, come on, um. The, the one, can, on, can't can't let, me, like let, me, let me kick it. Let me kick it to you right here. Mm-hmm. So now I wouldn't have a problem with it. But guess what? The reporters went to. <laughs> they asked. They asked uh, Josh Allen about it. So if you want to, hey, if you want to act a fool, you act a fool. But why I got to ask a question? What's going on with Stephon Diggs? Why is Stephon Diggs responding like this on the sideline? Why is he engaging in this type of behavior? See, now all of a sudden, it's just not about Stephon Diggs. You made it about somebody else. And I've got to answer questions. What's going on with Stephon Diggs? Take off, Canty. Yeah, that's the part about it that's uncomfortable, right? Because every time we see a blow up by Stephon Diggs on the sideline, we revert back to what we heard about coming out of Buffalo when their playoff run ended in the divisional round against Cincinnati, what we heard throughout the offseason about how Steph Diggs and the organization wasn't on the same page and in the middle of that rift happened to be Josh Allen and some of the mistakes that he had, 23 turnovers in 19 games in 2022 if you include the playoffs. And so anytime this team, this offense struggles and they have miscues like we saw against the Jacksonville Jaguars or like we saw against the New York Jets, there's always that cause to pause for whether or not the relationship between Diggs and Allen is right because if it's not, then there's no chance that the Buffalo Bills have of realizing the expectations that we put on them. But the one thing that I will say that was telling to me about the relationship between the quarterback and the receiver being in a better place than it ended at the end of 2022 was how Steph Diggs went to Josh Allen when he was a turnover machine against the New York Jets who were on their backup quarterback. He was the guy that went over to Josh Allen, turnover after turnover, and saying, hey, we gonna get there. And it wasn't Steph Diggs slamming the tablet. It wasn't him throwing his helmet down. It was him trying to settle his quarterback down because he recognized that he's gonna need that guy. So again, when it comes to these emotional outbursts from Steph Diggs, I take that as passion and being in the heat of the moment. Because I've been there, because we all been there, we can understand that. I think it's hard for sometimes for the fans to, that haven't played the game at that level to get it. But with Steph Diggs and Josh Allen, we've seen that before. We can understand how tensions would boil over because it's not just about the urgency of winning that game on Sunday. It's about what they're trying to do in winning in January on their way to a hopeful Super Bowl appearance. Damn, I guess I wasn't passionate at all. And <laughs> hey, you just tell them to call the president. They need help. They need help. They need help. They need help. <laughs> that was the Patriots' fault. Hey, here's the good news for the Bills. They get the Giants this weekend, Canty. On oh, he'll be fired. Oh, come on now, Bob. We got to do all that. Now we got to do all that. Fixes on. The Giants ain't got to catch no strays in this conversation. <laughs> how, much, how much do you think the Bills are favored by? Oh, it's uh, it's at least two touchdowns. At least. Yeah, 14 and a half. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Candy going to be slamming that That's TV college. like Stephon Diggs did that tablet. Absolutely. They get my blood pressure up. Uh, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. Not going to happen. Yeah. Two years? We got two years? 
Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a while. Yeah, you know it Caleb is. Caleb Williams, sweet steaks. Let's go, baby. Now, no, no, no. Oh, no, we get Caleb. No, we get Caleb Williams. Uh-uh. He going to Denver. Denver, New York. Come on now. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Com. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Happy birthday, SA. Happy birthday. All right, guys, uh, to the Bay we go. So he started his career known as Mr. Relevant after being the last pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, but he's been playing like an MVP. Brock Purdy led the Niners to a 5-0 start this season, throwing for a little over 1,200 yards, 9 TDs. In fact, the Niners' offense as a whole has been explosive. Let me break it down for you. They've scored 30 points in all five games this season. They're the sixth team in the NFL history to do that. Four of the previous five went on to reach the Super Bowl. Also worth noting that San Fran leads the league in scoring defense this year. Shannon, here's what I need to know. Okay. Okay. This is what I need to know, because this story is unbelievable. It should be a 30 for 30. Mr. Irrelevant to what he's doing now. A good shot at the Super Bowl. Is he really an elite quarterback, or is it just the situation he's in? No, he's not an elite quarterback. He's a product of the system. It's more credit to Kyle Shanahan and what he's done. He's not, you know, and RC, you'll appreciate this. You know, in the biblical term, uh, the devil told God that Job, the reason why he serves you is because you give everything to him. He said, if you remove that hedge from around Mm -hmm. him, he will curse his very maker. He'll curse you. He said, you can take Mm -hmm. everything but his life. Took his kid, took his sheep, took all that. Job was still faithful. Never cursed him. I'm not so sure that if we removed Debo, we removed Kyle Shanahan, we removed IU, we would still see this Brock Purdy. He's a product of the system. Now, that's not to take away from what he's doing. It's okay for him to be in the MVP discussion and not be Patrick Mahomes or not be Tua or not be an elite quarterback. He still has to go out there and operate. He just doesn't have to do as much as, say, those other guys. If I were to put him in Patrick Mahomes, if I switch places and says, okay, you got to go do what Patrick Mahomes does, or you got to go do it one of these other quarterbacks, I'm not so sure Brock Purdy could do that. But in this system, the ability to run the football with Christian McCaffrey and all the weapons, because all he has to do is just not turn it over. Get it in the Ayuk's hand, get it in Debo's hands, get it in Kittle's hands, and let them do the work. But no, he's not elite. No stretch of the imagination is he elite. Brock Purdy is a top five quarterback. 
And I get it. I get it, Shay, that if top you put him somewhere what? else and you try to make him, he's a top Fisherman. doing what he do. Golfer? He does it. Shay, <laughs> 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 doing what he does. Where he does it, with the people he does it with, he's a top five quarterback. Not only is he a top five quarterback, he's a top two MVP candidate. Brock Purdy is elite. When I'm watching that game Sunday night, I finally stopped fighting it. And I said, you know what? It doesn't matter where he comes from. It doesn't matter how he got there. It doesn't matter who surrounds him. Brock Purdy is an elite quarterback. Brock Purdy standing across from Dak Prescott, I 100% said to myself, I take Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott. When I look that at Brock Purdy as compared to the other quarterback, I know. But looking at the <laughs> quarterbacks that I've seen play in San Francisco, what was always the thing with Jimmy G? Jimmy G wins so many more games compared to his replacements. It was like the war thing, the wins above replacements in baseball. No matter who else played in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan couldn't win. But when Jimmy G played, suddenly they were a good football team. Guess what? Jimmy G ain't never been this good. Guess what? Jimmy G actually lost games. Brock Purdy has not. Matter of fact, the only game he started that they've lost is because he got hurt. And it ended up being on their fourth quarterback. When you look at it, it's third and four, right? We're going to hit the post corner to Brandon Ayuk. He's going to run for 40. Oh, let's call it back. Let's go third and 14. Playing against the vaunted Dallas Cowboys rush. Do we just run it? No. Do we throw a swing pass to Christian McCaffrey? No. What do we do? We go dig to Debo Samuel that's thrown with so much anticipation it could have been a damn hot air balloon and he would have caught it. And what, and what happens? He catches it. He catches it running. It hits him where he can get yards after the catch. And that's what happens. Brock Purdy, for all, for all of his measurable deficiencies and athletic deficiencies, and maybe if he was playing in New York, the Jets would still suck. But in San Francisco, he is the one. And right now, Brock Purdy is probably going to be or have a chance to be your MVP and your Super Bowl champion. And if that don't make you elite, then nothing else does. Well, if that, under that right. argument, Trent Dilfer was elite. <laughs> right? And we're going to go ahead and Trent Dilfer ain't never win no MVP. For the rest of the season. <laughs> Trent Dilfer ain't never win no MVP. This, he, he's never lost a game, y'all. Never lost a game. Yeah, you're right. You're what right. quarterback it, it, in the world could be undefeated as a starter and we say he's not a good player because of where he's playing? That's not real. No, we didn't say that. We didn't say he's not a good player. We <laughs> said he's not elite. There's a difference between the two. Take out Canty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not elite. And the only reason he's not elite in my book, RC, is because we haven't seen it long enough. He's got 13 starts across the regular season and playoffs. Yeah. I need to see a bigger body of work before I'm going to graduate him to a tier one quarterback. But I'll say this, it's trending in the right direction because of some of the plays you pointed out. That first drive for the 49ers in the second half against the Cowboys where he made that throw on third and 14, that was a perfectly layered ball. It was between the linebackers and the safeties. You can't walk into him any better than that. Ain't that what you like to say, huh? Brock Purdy makes those wild throws, and we're yes. seeing that in those games be the difference. Like, this guy can make it happen. I get it. He's got a really good scoring defense to supporting him. He's got a really good supporting cast on offense, a lot of skill position players, and a guy that could also be in the MVP conversation in the backfield in Christian McCaffrey. I think a reason why we knocked Brock Purdy down is because of where he was drafted, Mr. Irrelevant, and the fact that we did see Kyle Shanahan with this similar core players take Jimmy Garoppolo to multiple conference championship games and a Super Bowl. So I think we want to discredit what we've seen from Brock. 
But you can't argue that he's playing the quarterback position oh, no. at a higher level no. than pretty much anybody else in football right now. The thing that I want to see from Brock that's going to make him elite for me is a bigger sample size, but then also when things are less than ideal, when you don't have everything going in your favor, right. can you be the difference in your team winning a football game, being on the right side of outcomes, especially when they matter most? Competitive greatness is important. Being at your best when your best is required. Now, it wasn't his fault that he got knocked out in the conference championship game against the Eagles on the road, but I need to see you in those types of spots before I'm going to fully believe in you being elite. Now, you're going to have an opportunity. Week 13, you go back to the scene of the crime in Philadelphia. You can prove to me in that game whether or not you can be elite because that could determine who the number one seed is in the NFC once the playoffs kick off. Yeah, I want to see. I, I agree. I want to see him from behind because for the most part, he's played with the lead, and we know it's a lot easier playing with the lead. So now – when you get when you fall behind, let's just say for the sake of argument, you're down seven, you're down ten, and it's the second half. And throws matter because if you look at it, he's been ahead. So I want to see him, like you said, Canty. I want to see a little, a little, a little larger body of work, and I want to see him in a situation where he's uncomfortable. For the most part, in those 12, 13 starts, he's been very comfortable. I want to see him get uncomfortable and then see if he can remain comfortable. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, we got to see him in some more adverse situations. It has been some of the better situations for him based on the way his defense has played and also who he has calling plays for him with those skilled players. But I'm just telling you, y'all, when we saw him in the playoffs last year, he was money. When we saw him at the beginning of this season, when the questions were out, whether Brock Purdy could be the same thing we saw in his rookie year, he's only gotten better. Yep. We got, And I get it, the, the New York Giants are not the measuring stick for anybody to be good. <laughs> But Wink Martindale <laughs> heated him up. Snap after snap after snap. And he put the strength. football exactly where it needs to be, how it needed to be there. I really love what Brock Purdy is doing. I think he's in the perfect place mm -hmm. for him. And sometimes that's better than talent. Okay. He's tied for third in MVP odds with Josh Allen. It goes Mahomes, Tua, and then after that it's Hurts and McCaffrey. Hey, side note, RC, I don't know if anyone's going to get this except for you and I because these two weren't here last week. But you fed your dog this week. That's good to know. Happy. Took her for a walk, too. Zuri's been, <laughs> Zuri's been very feed quiet. Feed the dog. The yeah. air, air conditioner man ain't here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You finally walked her, petted her, gave her a bath. That's nice. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. There he is. Hi, Des. Purple Rain, how are we feeling this morning? I'm feeling fantastic. You know, I love coming to this part of the country, um, you know, in the autumn, when it's the fall, because I love the fall season. I love yeah. the, um, the colors. You 
You guys should see the trees. And listen, I've been doing this since 2005. And I tell you what, Husky Stadium, where the Washington Huskies play their home football games, is probably, without a shadow of a doubt, the most beautiful setting really? that you'll ever watch a college football game. It's outstanding. Wow. I'm telling you, tomorrow afternoon, make sure yeah. you guys tune in to the Oregon versus the Washington game and just look at the stadium, the, stadium, the background, the water. They're going to have boats all lined up. It's truly phenomenal. Wow. I love that. Listen, and you've been all over the place. I, I yes. love when, when the leaves change. You know, you get a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, you, it's beautiful. You, you, you stroke. Exactly. You, you need a pumpkin spice latte. You, 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 you <laughs> I just say it as a joke. I don't even drink them. You, you take a nice stroll. I mean, it's really enjoyable. But we'll talk That's about right. um, picking pumpkins later. And let's get into that game where you are in Washington. <laughs> Tell me this, because we're talking Pac-12. Yeah. Do you think the Pac-12, Des, is going to get a team into the college football playoff? You know, at the beginning of the season, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't pick a Pac-12 team to uh, get into the college football playoff. But as the season starts to unfold and you just realize how, how much talent is in the Pac-12 and how deep the Pac-12 is, you're looking at a conference that has seven teams ranked in the AP Top 25. They have three in the top ten. You're talking about number seven, Washington, number eight, Oregon, and then number ten, USC. So this is not only the, the, the most talented, but probably in all of college football, and I know you guys used to hearing this week in and week out, year in and year out, that's the ACC. But it, I mean, it's the SEC, but it's not the SEC this year. It's the Pac-12. So I think as we're starting to watch these teams play, this season unfold, I do believe that the Pac-12 will probably have a team that gets into the college football playoff when it's all said and done. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Dez, because they do have the they do have a, a playoff system in the Pac-12. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, one of these teams are undefeated, and uh, uh, let's just say, for the sake of argument, it's Washington, and they're undefeated, yeah. and they face a, a, a USC yeah. or they face a Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game and get knocked off. Do you considering? Do you think yeah. they'll still get a team in? Shannon, I think that they would probably deserve to get a team in because, like we saw a year ago, you have if you're a high, if you're a highly ranked team, you say right. Washington. So if Washington knocks off Oregon tomorrow, Oregon's like number number eight. I think this will boost their resume. And then when the college football playoff committee starts to look at resume, they start to look at these W's that you've acquired throughout the season. And I think that's what's going to help bolster their claim to get to the college football playoff. Don't forget, a year ago, you had a highly ranked um, Ohio State. At the end of the season, they lost big at home to Michigan, right? Right. But they were able to get into the college football playoff through the back door, even though they had that huge loss at home against their arch rivals. So, to me, with that being the example, I think that Washington, Mm. based on what you just asked me, will have a strong argument to get into the college football playoff, even if they do lose at the end of the season. All right, go Blue Des. Hey, we got the two-minute warning they're telling me, so let's get to this one quick. Uh, Potential Heisman Trophy candidate in Caleb Williams. Again, do you think that they'll pull it off in Notre Dame? I tell you what, when you look at um, Notre Dame and uh, what, they're, what they've looked like like the past three or four weeks, especially since the Ohio State game, I think that USC with Caleb Williams, they have a very strong chance to win this game because Caleb Williams is he's phenomenal. I mean, I watched him the other uh, last Saturday against Arizona game with a triple overtime. 
And you just saw that this kid had the desire to not let his team lose. It was like, I'm going to put this team on my shoulders, and we're going to win this game. Because USC's defense is horrendous. But with Caleb Williams at the quarterback position, going up against Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman started off on fire. That's because he was playing against inferior opponents. But you look at his numbers since the Ohio State game, he has not been the same quarterback. So I think that they have a strong opportunity to walk away with the victory in South Bend because of Caleb Williams, his mm. desire to win games. Absolutely. I agree with you, but, but ooh, USC's defense. I think that might be the inferior competition that Sam Hartman's looking for. <laughs> they, they, that's concerning for me. And I believe this is why probably yeah. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman Trophy. Because his defense is so bad and he has to play so historically great every single game, I think that's yeah. what ultimately is going to give him the nod. All right. Des, we yeah. got to let yeah, you roll. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah, we got to let you so go, go ahead, here. Go we got to get in a break. We'll be watching you on game day. Always good to see you. And uh, Shannon, Caleb's going to look great in Giants blue, so we can't wait for that. No, that ain't happening. That's yeah. happen. Oh, okay. Blue and okay. orange. Blue and orange. Okay. We'll, see. we'll see. We'll see, big time. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5X miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Breaking news into first take. The Giants will try to get that offense right Sunday night against the Bills. Yeah, Sunday night football. But they'll have to do it without their quarterback, Daniel Jones, who was ruled out today by Brian Dable due to the neck injury he suffered last week. Tyrod Taylor will get the nod. All right, Canty, how big of a deal is this? It's a big deal. I mean, I don't think they were going to have much of a chance to win the game anyway, but they have less of a chance now that Daniel Jones is out. You're talking about an offense that scored exactly one touchdown in the last three football games, and their offense is going to be down two two best offensive linemen and John Michael Schmitz, the rookie at center, mm-hmm. and Andrew Thomas, the all-pro tackle. So it is ugly times ugly, and as things continue to devolve in New York, you just wonder – how bad are they going to be? How high is that pick going to be? And ultimately, what will be the long-term fate of Daniel Jones? Canty, how you hold up just a second? You're going to talk about they're going to be down there two best offensive linemen. They ain't got no best offensive linemen. That <laughs> offensive line terrible. They're talking about their two best ones. <laughs> well, if they're two best ones now, I, ho- I hate to see what their replacements look like because <laughs> they're the reason that Daniel Jones is out of this ball game because of those, that offensive line. You're right. I don't give them much of a chance to win this ball game. Maybe they could do or have a showing. But Buffalo's out for uh, out for blood, considering yep. what happened last week to them on the road in London. They'll be on their best behavior. I can see this game getting out of hand early. But the Giants, uh-huh. until they fix that offensive line, Daniel Jones should boycott. Yep. I ain't coming back till y'all get some better offensive line. All play. right, the Giants, 15-point <laughs> underdogs. Oh. They are not wow. favored in any of their remaining games. And also, real quick, Deshaun Watson also cannot go this week. So just wanted to get those news in there. All right, uh, Chris Canty, mm. it's been a pleasure, sir. You have a fabulous weekend. Club Shay Shay, how you, you feeling? Holding down the fort. You Mama, did good, did my it. man. Did you hey, have fun? Stephen, they take your time getting healthy, bro. You know, I want you back. I want you back. Rest up. Get some fluids in you. I'll see you Monday, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Happy birthday, S.A. Enjoy it. You guys have a fabulous weekend. Everybody, please stay safe out there.